York and Chapel presents Brands That Matter, the weekly podcast that explores companies whose products, policies, or practices make the world a better place. Now here's your host, John Rarick. All right, welcome back to another episode of Brands That Matter. You might not recognize the name of our guest today, but chances are if you live in the northeastern United States, particularly the Philadelphia area, you've indulged in some of the delicious fruits of his labor. Joining us today to discuss his company's role in preserving one of our planet's most essential natural resources, our water, is Bill Kovaleski, president and co-founder of Victory Brewing Company. Bill, thanks for being here today. Hey, I really appreciate this opportunity. I, I love the work that you're doing. Hey, Bill, before we get into your work with the Headwaters Grant, tell our listeners about Victory, how you got started, and the path that that's taken you on. And full disclosure, your Prima Pills is like a summer staple in my house in the cans because my wife won't let me take any bottles to the pool. But um, (laughs) there's there's a fridge full of it pretty much from May until August. Well, we have a real connection then because Prima is is my love as well. So um, I definitely appreciate that. And I guess... You know, you just provided me with uh, the raison d'etre for Victory Brewing Company. Ron and I, um, the, my business partner, have known each other since 1973. We met on a school bus about 20 miles away from where we opened our first brewery operation in 1996. And we just wanted to bring full-flavored European-quality beer to Americans at a time when so very little of it was available. Um, we started writing our business plan in 1994. Uh, we started home brewing in 1985. I had begun home brewing with my dad, or I should say as my dad's assistant in 1980, pretty much as soon as it became legal. But long story short, um, when we wrote our business plan, there was only about 460 breweries in the United States. And by the time we opened in 1996, there was about 1,100. Today, the Brewers Association, our national trade organization, is reporting that there's over 7,300 breweries in the United States. So, you know, beer that had quality and integrity was rare back in the late 70s and early 80s, and we were out to change that, and we did so with the founding of Victory Brewing Company, having also studied both of us in Germany for a short period of time throughout the process and had having both apprenticed us with a German-trained Dutch brewmaster. So that brings us to today, whereas Victory is a company of nearly 400 employees centered here in Chester County, Pennsylvania, operating three breweries with taprooms. So that's been a slow burn for you guys. I love that story because that, does, that, that shows you know, that you've cultivated this fan base that obviously doesn't happen overnight. You guys have really worked that over the, the last couple decades and I can tell you that, you know, I, I'm born and raised in New York. I've, I've lived in the Philadelphia area now for about five years. But your beers are getting so well known outside of your, you know, your core demo here in, in the Philadelphia area. And that's great to see. That's a really good sign, not only for you, but for the whole craft brewing scene. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, you know, again, hard work and, and dedication to an audience. And they tend to broadcast your message for you and, and carry your products further because they, you know, enjoy them and recommend them. Great. Well, you know what? Ha- having, gro- again, grown up in that New York area, I lived on the Hudson River and had seen the transformation of that river from something you would never let your children swim in when I was a child to uh, a place where, like, I would not even think twice about throwing an anchor now. 
when I'm out on the water and jumping in and seeing a similar thing happen throughout the Northeast where people are really starting to wake up and take care of of this precious resource we have that, you know, I, th- I think at one time we just thought would never go away. But, um, you know, you got these industrialized cities on the Northeast, in the Northeast particularly, um, that we've damaged our water. And I know that's near and dear to your heart because obviously the first ingredient in your product is in the, the, the most plentiful one is water. So tell us about Headwaters Grant and the work you've been doing there. Yeah, I appreciate the the prefacing remarks because water is obviously precious to us all and uh, very easily overlooked, right? You just open up your your spigot and it flows out of the tap, right? (laughs) So uh, we we tend to neglect and take it for granted. But as brewers, you understand how vitally important it is to create the end product that you envision. So our location here in Downingtown in Chester County um, was really – selected because of the quality of the water coming into the brewery. The east branch of the Brandywine Creek feeds the Downingtown um, uh, area, and we identified the qualities of the water to being similar to the uh, waters of Munich, Germany. And we were looking to make European-quality beers with the founding of Victory Brewing Company. So that aligned with what we were looking to do. Um, Interestingly, the... East Branch of the Brandywine travels only 14 miles from its very headwaters, where the waters first form, um, in an area called Honeybrook, which is really sounds nice, right? Very attractive for the quality of the water. Um, and there is no industry along the banks of the Brandywine, uh, though there was a time a little bit further north of where we are in West Nantmeal Township where there was a thriving uh, iron mill and there were paper mills and there was all kinds of industry along the, the Brandywine. But at any rate, um, bit by bit, those went away and we occupy what was a former Pepperidge Farm bakery plant here in Downingtown and uh, we're utilizing the waters for a much more productive uh, end result. So obviously water has a huge impact on the flavor of the beer, and therefore we felt by focusing uh, on the qualities of the water, we could also utilize the public exposure of our company to be a bit of a a platform rather than a soapbox to uh, talk about water quality and water stewardship. So going back to 1997, when I first showed up at the Brandywine uh, Red Clay Alliance Center and poured our beers for their Oktoberfest celebration, That was the start of our relationship with watershed stewardship organizations, which has blossomed um, to, in 2011, uh, the genesis brought us to the creation of our Headwaters Pale Ale. And that beer actually has a charitable component to it, um, where we donate a portion of the proceeds of each and every sale of that beer back to uh, deserving watershed stewardship organizations. Oh, it's a great program. Uh, that's good to know, and, and it, it'll definitely definitely uh, make me look twice now when I go to pick up that Prima Pills. I might be searching for a different different <laughs> variety now. Um, but what are some of the initiatives that um, the grant funds? Okay, so, you know, I mentioned the Brandywine Red Clay Alliance. Their mission is really watershed conservation and education. Uh, they have an amazing program called Red Streams Blue where they identify uh, portions of the Brandywine watershed that can be improved 
um, and they work specifically on that. So our company has in, been involved in the building of riparian buffers, um, buffers that would include native plants in order to purify the stream. And we've been involved in a number of those. Uh, the other organization that benefits from our Headwaters grant is the Guardians of the Brandywine, and they are specifically located on the east branch of the Brandywine, and, and their mission is more about education. They do a really neat thing um, called uh, Girls Canoe Camp each summer. Uh, this will be their second summer. And they get girls that are aged 13 to, to uh, 10 to 13, actually, um, to understand the biology of the stream and um, spend time in canoes at camp and really learn about the water. And it's those investments in our future, in the youth, that is really going to keep the, uh, the fires of environmental stewardship burning bright, because that's where the education need be focused. Yeah, when you talk about education, and I don't mean to simplify this, so what can, what can folks do that might live along, along, along some of these bodies of water do, other than the obvious, you know, not dumping motor oil into the water, but what can they do to help the cause to preserve the, the water? Well, you know, a lot can be said about, um, or a lot can be done with the way you plant around your home. Um, for instance, on May the 1st, the Brandywine Red Clay Alliance is doing a workshop uh, titled How to Make Your Property Watershed Wildlife Friendly. And it's, they're going to detail different ways to conserve water um, and put the right plantings in to uh, foster native species. And so there's a ton of uh, opportunities for people to focus in on water quality in their daily lives. Um, brandywineredclay.org would be the site to learn more about that. Got it. And what's on the roadmap for the Headwaters grant this year? Uh, you know, it's um, we're going to just continue to keep the funds flowing to the two organizations, potentially look for other organizations as well. We believe that making a local impact is, is of primary importance, even though we do serve our beers over a much wider geographic footprint, um, we're trying to demonstrate uh, stewardship locally and really help that resonate by investing in these groups. So um, it's not a flood of monies. It's uh, not a trickle. It's a nice steady flow, and that's exactly what we're trying to stimulate here. Well, let's get into that a little bit about, about mm -hmm. start, starting a cause like this. You know, I'm sure this was probably, I don't know, maybe it, it was just you guys sitting around a table thinking, hey, what can we do to help? But I run into people all the time that would love to help but just don't understand the process of getting a, a grant together or even just an organization that, that has a cause like this. How did you guys start, and how would you recommend somebody else start if they wanted to, if somebody's in Ohio and they had a similar scenario that they wanted to get involved with? Well, organizations like the Brandywine Red Clay Alliance want to foster the same type of stewardship behavior, you know, in every watershed. So um, folks like that are available to talk to, and I did already point point out the website there, brandywineredclay.org. But I guess, you know... This wasn't the question you asked, but I would say from a, a company standpoint, um, there is reasons for us to be investing our time and resources in watershed stewardship and other causes like this, because the way I like to look at a brand or a customer's relationship to a brand is I sort of see the stability of a brand's 
future and legacy as like a three-legged stool. If you first offer your customers products of supreme quality, um, that is very important to a craft beer consumer and most consumers, right? So you, you check that box for them. And then, of course, all consumers can be somewhat fickle. Um, so you got to innovate off of that quality. and you got to give people uh, reasons to keep coming back to the brand and enjoying new things that you're offering. But then getting to today's, to today's topic, the third leg of that stool is being involved with the causes that are important for your audience and committing to the community um, your resources and energy and showing them that, um, that their interests and your interests are the same. So from a, a brand standpoint, from a company standpoint, these are the rationales that go behind our philosophy of, uh, or I should say support our philosophy of watershed stewardship amongst our, our many charitable causes. Well, that's that's a great way to think, and I, I'd love to see more brands doing it. And there there are plenty out there. I mean, that that's why we started this show is because I love to hear these stories. And, and and it's reminiscent of just a few weeks ago when I was speaking to the folks at Epic who make the, the those wonderful grass-fed um, bars made from various humanely raised grass-fed yep. meats. And they, they have a very similar take as you, as you do with grasslands. Um, the fact that, we, you know, grassland preservation is really something that is not on anybody's mind these days because from a factory farming standpoint, it doesn't, grass doesn't come into play. Mm-hmm. But as more people care about what they put into their bodies, it's one of those things that you go, oh, wait a second. Yeah, we, we are literally paving over millions of acres of grassland a year. And it's the same with water. For, you know, and I love the fact that, again, that being your key ingredient, you, you've, you've made that a part of your mission. So well done. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for this show and, and all of the positive um, behavior that it stimulates. Yeah, Bill. So beer, what's, what's on the roadmap from, for victory this year? Well, the Headwaters brand is, is one of many. Um, you know, we are continuing to innovate, as I just uh, indicated. We released this year three new brands um, year-round for our portfolio. Uh, one that's got me very, very excited because it's delicious like the others is Twisted Monkey. It's a variation of our on our number one selling beer, the Golden Monkey, yet it comes in at a lower alcohol percentage. Uh, Golden Monkey is delicious but strong at 9.5%. Twisted Monkey is at 5.8%, and it has a really wonderful addition of mango puree to sort of broaden that mouthfeel and bring this lighter-bodied, more refreshing variant of the monkey closer to the original in a new and exciting way. Well, that's great. And, uh, Bill, your website URL, can you let us know how we can find out all about those great beers? Absolutely. It's pretty simple, Uh, victorybeer.com. Awesome. And we'll put a link in the show notes to your website and some of your social media platforms as well. I really want to thank you for coming on today, Bill. Uh, This has been a a big treat for us. And and Bill Kovaleski and Victory Brewing Company, just another great example of a brand doing their part to make the world a better place. Bill, thanks for being here today. You're so welcome. Continued success to you. Join us next week for another episode of Brands That Matter. And please, leave us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about York and Chapel, visit yorkandchapel.com.